Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to New Creation Realities. And we're going to go ahead and continue with our lessons in Christ. And <coughs> excuse me. And for today's lesson, uh, I just wanted to real quick go over. Uh, this will be the last lesson of the year. Uh, I wanted to go over uh, just a few definitions that we went over in our very first lesson of, I'm just going to call it, of this semester. And and then just kind of look at some passages where we find the terms uh, in Christ, in Him, and in whom. All right? So I'll go ahead and read our principal verse. It's John. John chapter 14, verse 20. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. The Lord giving us, actually giving his disciples at the time, a sure expectation. Not a maybe maybe, uh, 50 cent toss of the coin, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. No, a sure hope a sure expectation based upon this right here in that day. And in that day is the you will know. And it's not so much knowing about things of the scriptures, not so much knowing about the quote-unquote things of God or that which pertains to God, but it is specifically that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. This union, this relationship that we've been brought into by Christ himself through the work of the Holy Spirit, the moment we were born again. So, we've been looking at the word in, Strong's number 1722 in the Greek, N, and I'm just going to go ahead and read uh, the definition real quick of the Strong's Dictionary, once again, for that word, in. It is uh, Strong's number uh, 1722, the Greek term en, and it is a primary preposition denoting a fixed, and the Strong's has position, but once again, my brothers and sisters, our salvation is not a position. Our salvation is a condition of our soul. Before we were born again, the condition of our soul was death. Because life was not present. Christ himself was not present. Now, because Christ is present, the condition of our soul has changed of one of life. Because Christ, who is life, is present. So that's why I use the word condition. And I think, I can't remember what definition, excuse me, what uh, dictionary or lexicon we looked at it at, but they declared it as a condition as well. So... I'm going to go ahead and read it with my word. A primary preposition denoting fixed condition. And this condition, my brothers and sisters, is found in our soul because Christ is the condition, the new condition of our soul. And our soul is found in this condition, Christ himself. So our our soul is found in Christ. And the definition goes on in place, time, or state. The place... Christ the person, the time, eternity, the state, life, eternal life. Okay? 
also, also in the way that I've, I've presented it, is, I'll just read it this way, a primary preposition denoting fixed condition in, because we still live in these earthly, earthly um, tabernacles, in whatever place on the earth below, at whatever time below, and in whatever state below. That, that is like being in prison or being free, being married, being not married. That's what I'm looking at as, as far as state goes. But the fixed condition, my brothers and sisters, for the one who is born again is in Christ. We have been fastened in Him by God the Father. Work of the Holy Spirit. What God hath joined, Jesus says, let no man put asunder. No man can separate. No man. Not you, not me, not my natural mind, not your natural mind, not the carnal mind, the, the Adamic mind, the mind below. No, no. Nothing can undo what God hath done. <clears throat> All right. So then the definition goes on. And by implication, instrumentality, medially or constructively, that is a relation of rest. Intermediate between Strong's number 1519 and Strong's number 1537. So this term N is right in between these two other ones, these two other uh, terms. We're going to look at those two other terms. Strong's number 1519 is ace or ice, a primary preposition to or into, denoting the point reached or entered goes on, of place, time, or figuratively purpose. But a primary preposition to or into, denoting the point reached or entered. And I love that. <clears throat> I love the tense that, um, that Dr. Strong's uses right there because he uses a past tense. And for us, my brothers and sisters, when we are born again, this is a past tense. We have come to the goal who is Christ himself because God by his spirit has brought our soul unto the goal, Christ himself. The other term is Strong's number 1537, ek or ex. It is a primary preposition denoting the origin, the point whence action or motion proceeds. Just as when Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again, that word, the phrase born again, is basically born from above, born from the beginning, born from the origin, the source who is Christ himself. All right. <clears throat> so those are the definitions that we've, uh, of the term N that we've been looking at throughout this series. And this, for today's lesson, I want us to look at a few passages they'll be in Ephesians and Colossians. And one of the phrases that we're going to see a lot that we haven't seen uh, in several of the previous lessons is the phrase, in whom, which is en ho. We've looked at in Christ, en Cristo. We looked, we've looked at in me, en emoi. We've looked at in him, en auto. And now we're going to look at several um several verses that have the phrase in whom 
in whole. So, <clears throat> and once again, these phrases uh, in me, in him, in whom, they all relate to the person of Christ himself. Okay? And in fact, my brothers and sisters, everything of the scriptures relates to the person of Christ himself. In fact, Jesus himself said to the Jews, you search the scriptures because in the scriptures you think you have eternal life. And then he says this, and you will not come to me to find what you are looking for. Because he says, they are they, the scriptures that you search, are they that testify of me. The entirety of the scriptures, my brothers and sisters, they testify, they declare Christ himself. So <clears throat> here's our passage. First passage, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, and Christo Jesu, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. So here the apostle basically saying, doesn't matter where you are on this earth, if you're born again, you are in Christ Jesus. The place, the time, the state does not change the condition of our union with Christ. Right? <clears throat> verse 2, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, I love this, who has... <laughs> And I don't know if I've we've looked at that this um, passage before in previous lessons, but I love the tense that's used here. Who has blessed us? This this is this has already taken place for for us who are born again. With every every the totality the whole of spiritual blessing has already done this. And I love this. In the heavenly places, that is above, but not just above, my brothers and sisters. Yes, above, out from below, out from the temporal realm, out from the uh, natural realm, the realm of the senses, of the natural sight, the natural sound, the natural senses. But it's very specific. <clears throat> With, blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, in Cristo. And see, there's so many religions out there that, yes, they'll, they'll declare one day heaven, one day, you know, a better, a better. One day, it's all one day, and it's all above, yes, out from this realm in, into some other different realm, who knows where. But the Apostle Paul makes it very clear in regard to the totality of every spiritual blessing. He says, you have been blessed already. And not just above, out from the natural realm, but above specifically in Christ. And that, my brothers and sisters, is the difference 
It is the difference, I'll say it this way, it is the difference of the gospel of God versus the carnal gospel of man. The gospel of God is wrapped up in a person. God did not, does not, and will not present anything less than the person of his son. Man, on the other hand, will present everything and anything but Christ. And this, my brothers and sisters, is because it requires a miracle of God for this to happen. We, we who are born again, the world, the world, it doesn't really matter what the world believes, <clears throat> those who are not born again, they have no care for the things of God. They have no care for God or the things of God. But we who are born again, my brothers and sisters, we are offended in Christ. We are. We are. See, we want to be blessed. We do. Everybody wants to be blessed. Even the world wants to be blessed. We just do not want to find this blessing as a person. During the time when Jesus showed up, when God the Father sent his son into the world, all Israel was in expectation of a Messiah. They wanted natural deliverance from their natural oppressors, the Romans at the time. That's what they wanted. They wanted, they wanted deliverance. They wanted salvation. They wanted everything eternal life. They wanted everything they read in the scriptures. They just didn't want to find it in the person of Jesus. And my brothers and sisters, that's exactly the way we are. We want everything of God. We want everything that God has to offer. We just don't want to find it in the person of his son. I mean, we want to... And please do not misunderstand me. I went to Bible school. Okay? So therefore I can say the following. We want to go to Bible school to learn about our Lord. It sounds, it sounds good. It sounds noble. But my brothers and sisters, <clears throat> the only way we can learn about our Lord is if God, by His Holy Spirit, does a miracle in our heart to humble our heart, to cause our heart to turn unto the person himself. Remember what Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father draw him. We can learn so much. We can study the scriptures so much. And yet, if our heart is not coming unto a person, then my brothers and sisters, we must cry out to God that he would humble our hearts, that God, by the work of his spirit, would direct the full attention of our heart and bring our heart unto the person. And yes, offer to the Lord everything that we've studied, everything that we've learned, even, even in these lessons, these through these notes, all everything that, that I've presented, everything that you've searched on your own, presented to the Holy Spirit, presented to God Himself. 
that the Holy Spirit would have full access to everything and anything He desires to use to direct our heart to a person, Christ His Son. And that we be not, listen, deceived, thinking that by searching the Scriptures and studying the Scriptures that we know Him. Or that, once again, I've gone to Bible school, that by going to Bible school, now we know Him. By being equipped with the correct tools, now we know Him. No, my brothers and sisters, no. No. This knowledge of God concerning His Son is God's knowledge. God only is the only one who can make known His Son. And listen, once again, to know anything of God, anything that pertains of God, we have to find it in the person of Jesus Christ. He is both a stumbling block and a rock of offense. Because ultimately, the scriptures declare, man cannot Man is in need, but God can. And with God, you know this, all things are possible. So, I love it right here. Wrap the apostle, because he has seen and is seeing everything in the person of Christ, seeing the very face of of the glory of God in Jesus Christ, in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse 3, Blessed be the God of the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And see, he, he doesn't say uh, just of Christ, no, of Jesus Christ, the one whom God the Father sent. The very Son. Not just like Christ, as, as like a, oh, I've actually, I actually read this, so sadly I read it. A person saying that, that the Messiah, the Christ, is just a concept, is, is just a, a, a thought concerning an idea. My brothers and sisters, that comes out of the carnal, natural mind of man, the corrupt mind, the mind that is enmity with God. No. No, the apostle makes it very clear, very clear right here. God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, a person. See, that's the offense. That's the offense. Oh, we'll we'll embrace a con- we'll embrace the concept. We'll embrace we'll embrace the idea because it requires a miracle of God to embrace the Son. But to us, my brothers and sisters, whom the Holy Spirit is doing a work in our heart, He is a precious cornerstone. He is unto us precious. A person. The very person Himself. So it goes on. Blessed be, verse 3, blessed be, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places above, in Christ. 
nothing apart from him, nothing outside of him. Verse four, just as he chose us in him, his son is the place of God's choosing. <clears throat> in him, en auto. Just as he chose us in him. And so in a sense, it's not, well, God chose me and God chose you and we're born again. Well, I'll just, I'll just say it this way. Uh, with my diagram, God, God basically said, okay, everything that, everything that will ever come to purpose, every soul that will ever come to the purpose for which I created it, will be found in Christ. The place of God's choosing is His Son. His Son. Nowhere else, nowhere less. He is, remember, there's nothing apart from Christ. Nothing. Jesus is everything. You take him out of the picture, my brothers and sisters, there is nothing left. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him, before his face, in love, having predestined us to the adoption of as sons by Jesus Christ, see, by Jesus Christ to himself. Nothing apart from Christ. I love that according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us, listen to this, accepted in the Beloved. Our acceptance is nowhere outside of the person of Christ. <clears throat> I'm not sure if I made the note uh, somewhere later on, but I'll just mention it right now. Mention it right now. Our acceptance in, is in Christ Himself, which to the one who is tired of trying to quote unquote measure up, quote unquote toe the line. For this one, this is great rejoicing, cause for great rejoicing. Because we have tried to be accepted of God by our own works, by our own ability in what we do and in what we don't do. But my brothers and sisters, our acceptance with God is not based upon us. We are not the object in view. Christ His Son is. He is our acceptance with God. There is nothing you can do to be more accepted or less accepted than what you already are. Because the Father accepts His Son. So much so, He raised Him from the dead, seated Him at His own right hand. You cannot top Jesus. And in God's mercy, tender mercy, and ever-abounding grace, we are found in the Beloved. Beautiful. He made us accepted in the Beloved. <clears throat> Verse 7. The New King James translation says, In Him, it's actually in whom, and ho, we have redemption through His blood. We have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, 
which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Verse 9, listen, look, look at this. Verse 9, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, in Cristo, both which are in heaven and which are in earth, in him, in auto. Verse 11. <clears throat> Verse 11. In him, and here's, you can let her go. In him, here's, it's actually in whom, in whole. In whom also we have, I love this, we have obtained an inheritance already. This is for us who are born again. Being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Verse 12, that we who first trusted in Christ, in Cristo, should be to the praise of his glory. Verse 13, in uh, the New King James and King James, say in him, the word is in whom, in whole. You also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom, in whole, again, also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Verse 14, it says the New King James, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. And I just want to read uh, Mounts' New Testament for verse 13 and verse 14. You also are in him, having heard the work of the excuse me, the word of truth, the good news of your salvation. In him also, when you believed, you were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit, verse 14, which is the guarantee of our inheritance, vouching for God's redemption of his possession to the praise of his glory. <clears throat> All right. Going on with verse 15. Therefore, I love this. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, in, there's our one of our terms, in, and your love for the saints, verse 16, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now, this is verse 17. This is the prayer of the apostle for the church, for those who are born again, for those who have believed and have faith in the Lord Jesus. Those who, by the work of the Holy Spirit, responded to the voice and received the eternal gift, who is Christ himself. Listen to his prayer. This is his prayer for believers, for the church that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, see, he doesn't get away from the person of Christ. No, no, not, not, not some concept. No, 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 not some idea. No, 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 no. A person, Jesus, Yesu, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus, the Christ. I can't remember if it was in a previous lesson or in a different class, but there was such an emphasis on that they may believe that you have sent me, that they, that they may believe that you have sent me, that they may believe that you have sent me. 
a person, not a concept, not an idea, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And I'll say it right here, my brothers and sisters, the majority stop right here and go off and pray for wisdom and revelation in the scriptures, wisdom and revelation in things, wisdom and revelation in this or in that. And yet the apostle doesn't leave it uh, open for interpretation, if you will. May give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him our Lord Jesus Christ. Him. Him. Everything of God is bound up in His Son, in a person. I'll just put person, put that somewhere in your Bible. Make a note there. Underline it. Put a big exclamation point. Bound up in a person. The Father of glory may give to you. I mean, making mention of you in my prayers. Verse 16, do not, I do not cease making mention, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. This is ever going. This is, this is the continual prayer. This is continual thanksgiving that you're born again and continual thanksgiving for Continual thanksgiving that you're born again and a continual prayer for us who are born again. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The knowledge of His Son. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Why did he call you? What is his expectation? I know we have our expectation. I know we, I know we, we believe, oh, well, God called me to do this or God called me to do that. Well, my brothers and sisters, I'm going to make it very plain and clear to us. The this we have in view and the that we have in view is found here below in the temporal realm. Since his son is the resurrection and he is risen above, why do we think in a strange thing that God would call us to have a hope an expectation above. We think that a strange thing because usually it is with our natural eyes that we see, with our natural ears that we hear, and with our natural mind that we make a judgment. But my brothers and sisters, when by the work of the Holy Spirit, our heart is directed above unto Christ. We will have, well, 
I'll say it this way. We will acknowledge, we will acknowledge a greater hope, a greater expectation than ours. We will acknowledge the hope, the expectation of His calling. His hope, His expectation for the purpose for which He called us. The difference, my brothers and sisters, is that which is below versus that which is above. That which is I and pertains to I, and that which is God and pertains to God alone. The first we can do, we can accomplish. The latter, God and God alone can bring our hearts unto by the work of His Spirit. Requires a miracle. Verse 18 again. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of His calling. What are, goes on, what are the riches of the glory of His, His inheritance in, there's our word, in the saints. Our soul, my brothers and sisters, is His inheritance just as He Himself is our inheritance. Remember, the... The priests, they had, they had no inheritance in the land. Was it the priests or was it the Levites? can't quite remember. I think it might have been the priests. I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe the priests and the Levites. But they had no inheritance in the natural land. The Lord said, I am their inheritance. My brothers and sisters, we are a kingdom of priests. At least that's what the Apostle Peter says. Should we not also find our inheritance in a person who is the Lord himself and so clearly declared to be the Lord Jesus Christ? Verse 19, it goes on. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? according to the working of his mighty power, verse 20. And here's his, what is the exceeding greatness of his power, my brothers and sisters? His power, not our, not our power, but his. Once again, not I, but Christ. This is God's doing, not ours. Uh, toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ. In the Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Beginning with Colossians. Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. For I want you to know what great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea, Laodicea and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge, look at this, of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. 
Verse 3, in whom, in whole, in whom are, look at this, hidden the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, everything hidden in the person of Christ. And why hidden? Because we cannot see this with a natural eye. We cannot discern this by the natural senses. Unless God makes his son known, we do not know. It doesn't matter how much study, how much learning, how much anything, my brothers, listening, it doesn't matter. Unless God makes his very own son known, we do not know. Everything bound up in a person who is Christ, Christ Jesus, his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet unto everyone, he is hidden. Unto everyone, everything of God is hidden from sight. It's like, I, I think we had a previous lesson where I was talking about the heavens being closed. Yes, the heavens are closed, my brothers and sisters. The heavens are closed to my natural mind which is the same as your natural mind. The heavens are closed to the natural mind, to the natural senses, to the carnal mind, the carnal senses. The heavens are closed to everything of that which is below. But the heavens are opened when the heart, by the work of the Holy Spirit, is directed unto a person. Not unto a concept, not unto an idea, no, 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 unto a person, Jesus Christ the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2 again, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. Verse 3, in whom and whole are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Verse 4, now I say this, now I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. Verse 5, for though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ, in Christo. But he says this, verse 4, now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. Deceive us. How, how, how would we be deceived? Into thinking that there is something other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. That, is, that, that there is something other than a person. I've heard, of, I've heard it said, Jesus plus. With God, there is no Jesus plus, my brothers and sisters. With God, it is always one. One Son, one Lord. The book of Ephesians, I believe. Now, Jesus plus does not equal Jesus. That is the mind of man, Jesus plus, or Jesus for. No, no, not with God, not with God. All things of God are the means to his end. Christ and Christ alone, Jesus Christ alone is his end. 
not the other way around. Going on, verse 3, again, in whom and ho are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Not in anything else, not in yourself, not in brother or sister so-and-so, not in what you can do, not in what you cannot do, but wholly, exclusively in Christ alone. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, going on. As you therefore have received Christ, look at this, Christ Jesus the Lord. I mean, listen how the apostle does not separate the person of Jesus from everything of God. No, no, not, not, not one who has seen the Messiah. Not one who has seen the Christ. No, 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 no. No. With him, the issue is a person because he has seen the person. I am, I mean, the book of Acts, chapter 26, verse 16. Jesus appears to Saul of Tarsus on the Emmaus, no, on the road to Damascus. What does Jesus, what does he say? Oh, he's blinded by this bright, shining light, brighter than the new day sun. The apostle says, or actually at that time, it's, it's um, Saul of Tarsus. He says, who are you, Lord? For one, I have no clue who you are. And for another, I acknowledge you as Lord, superior. Who are you? What is his response? I am Jesus. Not a concept. Not an idea. I'm a person. A mystery to all mankind. A mystery to the Jews. A mystery to the natural mind. A mystery to the carnal mind. Hidden in the testimony. Which testimony is hidden in the scriptures that are given of God. I am Jesus. This is what he declares to, to Saul of Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus was changed to the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul continued in that same appearing of Christ. To Paul, it is nothing less than, nothing other than a person. Where were we? Verse 6, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord. This is the moment of new birth when Christ appears in the soul and now therefore the soul is found in Christ. Our union, spiritual union, one, the crucified life. Remember, Jesus himself declared in that day, you will know I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, and look at this. We've looked at, we've touched on this. The Lord's put this on my heart for this entire year. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so, so then, because 
He is in you and you are in him. So walk in him. En auto. Walk in him. Walk in the light. Walk in the truth. Walk in the eternal day. And no longer, listen, walk in the darkness as others who have not life. This, my brothers and sisters, before we try to attain this, before we try to accomplish this, this also, my brothers and sisters, requires a miracle of God. Everything that is of God requires a miracle of God. You could do nothing to be born again, and we who are born again can do nothing to know this new birth, the life we've received. From beginning to end, it is a miracle of God. With man, it is forever impossible, but not with God. Lest we deceive ourselves or others deceive us or we deceive others thinking that we can actually do something. That's as arrogant as us saying, oh, I am as almighty God. I also can do. No, no. That's the deception from the garden. You can be like God, knowing good and evil. No. No. Man has no power, period. God alone is all-powerful. All right. In whom, uh, where were we? Oh, yes. Verse 6, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, en auto. He goes on, verse 7. You can go ahead and let him out. Verse 7, rooted and built up. Listen to this. Rooted and built up. Not just uh, rooted and built up. No, no, no. Rooted and built up in him. See, we. that's another thing, my brothers and sisters. We want to be, as believers, we want to be rooted and built up. I want to be built up. I want to build others up. Well, good for you. Yes, it's, it's, a, it's a good desire to have in the heart. But the apostle makes it really clear for the believer. Rooted, grounded, rooted, grounded, stabilized, and built up in him. Once again, the testimony of the two angels, the testimony of the two witnesses, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. Rooted and built up in him. In auto. Not in this, not in that, not in a concept, not in, what is it? An idea. No. In a person, in him, and established in the faith. As you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Then he goes on another warning, verse 8. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty, empty, I love that, empty deceit. According to the tradition of men, according to the basic uh, principles of the world, and not 
not according to Christ. Verse 9, for in him, in auto, in him, I love that, he, he never strays from the person. In him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, verse 10, and you, speaking to the church, speaking to those who are born again, my brothers and sisters, speaking to us who are born again, and you are complete in him. There is only lack apart from the person of Christ. Outside of him, there is lack, my brothers and sisters. And you are, verse 11, you are complete in him, in auto. If we are looking into the face of the Adamic man, that is the natural face, then all we will behold, all we will see, my brothers and sisters, in a natural mirror is my lack, is your lack, is brother so-and-so's lack, is sister so-and-so's lack. That's all you're going to see is lack. But my brothers and sisters, Christ is our life. In him, there is no lack. And you are complete in him, lacking nothing nothing who is the head of all principality and power it goes on verse 11 in him uh, that's how the new king james translated it but it's actually in whom in whole in whom you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of christ verse 12 buried with him in baptism See, with him, in him, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead, verse 13, and you being dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, he made alive together with him, nothing apart from the person of his son, nothing apart from the only begotten Son, nothing apart from Jesus, having forgiven you all trespasses, verse 14, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, verse 15, having disarmed principalities and powers, made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. And the word is actually in auto, which is in him. It, the, the word is masculine singular. I want to read Colossians uh, chapter 15 of, excuse me, <laughs> Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. Now, this is Mount's New Testament translation again. He stripped the principalities and powers of their authority and disgraced them in public by triumphing over them. They translated it in Christ, in him. Because here's the focus. The focus is a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Our last verse, this is uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14. And the context is basically the Old and New Covenant, the glory of the Old Covenant, the glory of the New Covenant, the glory that was fading, that served a purpose, but glory that glory was fading. 
Therefore Moses put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not see that the glory was fading. Versus the glory that remains, the glory that excels, the glory of God that is found in the face of Jesus Christ. That's what the apostle goes on to say. But this is verse 14, and this is uh, what I wanted us to look at. But their minds, the children of Israel, but their minds were blinded. And he brings it up even to to the day of his time, and I would say even until this day as well. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in Christ and Cristo. Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the great mystery of God, my brothers and sisters. There is a veil that separates. Now, listen to what I, the way I say this. There is a veil that separates ignorance from knowledge. Ignorance has a veil. Ignorance is darkness. It is lack of light, lack of knowledge. But it is lack of the light of God in the face of Jesus Christ. It is lack of the knowledge of God, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's ignorance. But the apostle says with such hope and with such expectation. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading. I mean, look at this. But their minds were blinded. Their minds were blinded. Ignorance. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted, untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament. That's why I say, my brothers and sisters, that you cannot go to the Scriptures and pull Jesus out of the Scriptures like a magician would pull a rabbit out of a hat. You cannot do that. No, it requires a miracle of God to see the testimony of Christ His Son in the Scriptures. It also requires a miracle of God for that one that we have seen in the testimony in the Scriptures to be revealed in our own hearts. Not a testimony, but when God the Father reveals the person of His very Son in our hearts. The same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is, listen to this, what hope, what expectation. The veil is taken away in Christ. In Him there is no veil when the heart by the work of the Holy Spirit is directed above and the heart in knowledge is brought from the ignorance of man below, the darkened understanding of man below, the blinded understanding of man below, unto the knowledge of God above who is Christ His Son, my brothers and sisters, there is no veil. And the the Apostle goes on in chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians to say, Well, let me go ahead and read it before I misquote it. Therefore, since we have this ministry, we have received mercy 
as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. That's verse 1. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the glory of the gospel, light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. For it is God who commanded the light, who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, in the face of a person. The veil is taken away in Christ. Verse 18 of chapter 3, 2 Corinthians, but we all with unveiled face, beholding, uh, unveiled face, that is no veil because our heart is beholding above. Our heart is looking above into his face. Beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory by the spirit of the Lord. Jesus, Jesus Christ, the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, is a mystery hidden from the natural mind, hidden from the carnal mind, hidden, listen, from the religious mind. It requires a miracle of God for the heart to be directed and to come in knowledge by the work of the Holy Spirit unto a person. This requires a miracle of God, my brothers and sisters. And this miracle, God the Father desires to do in our hearts. So, please present all this to the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would take that which He desires to take, use that which He desires to use for God's one end, God's one purpose, for that which God desires to do, amen? In our hearts, in the hearts of others, for His end, for His purpose. So, we'll end for this class. Have a happy Thanksgiving. And if you're traveling, be safe on the roads. May the Lord just keep you as you travel. And have a very Merry Christmas. And Lord willing, we'll see you next year. And we'll pick up on our lessons then. Lord bless. Amen.